When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, everyone. So it was a weekend of anger, self-loathing and rash decision-making. But enough about my attempts to assemble a flat pack. We're here to discuss FPL and following on from Thursday's emergency pod, I feel like that anger, self-loathing and rash decision-making may have been echoed elsewhere on this podcast as another wild card seems to have appeared in our midst. Well, however, turns table from last week being told I've gone too early and I'm, I should probably have held it for a bit longer. Not by you, Sam, uh, but by others. Um, here we are in wild card territory for vast vast numbers of people by the looks of it at least on x i'm tom i'm here but with uh no beer again uh, damn tuesday morning appointments i think it might be that way next week as well annoyingly i'm joined by sam though as always how are you feeling yeah i mean probably less good than going into the weekends um i really enjoyed our pod on thursday um so hopefully we can flip the script today and uh <laughs> kind of abuse me instead I, th- I think i went fairly light on you that just saying fine, so please don't please don't be too it horrible. wasn't you giving me the bad feedback like, yeah <laughs> you, just, like, you just enjoyed it so much you thought you just we just do it again <laughs> yeah why not yeah exactly i mean why stop a good thing um yeah i mean it's been a nightmare game week again we'll get into the teams in a minute but it was a bit depressing this this Saturday. Sat down early, went to the bakery, mm. got got all the treats in um, for my girlfriend as well to keep her sweet, and sat in front of the TV, really looking forward to all the all the football on. And by the time it got to seven thirty, I was like, "This has just been an absolute unqualified nightmare." Um, so that wild card button got got hit pretty quickly after that. Um, but yeah, enough about my team for now. We'll get on to that. We are who got the assist. Um, we are still uh, opening up the mini league. So if you are interested in joining, we're going to close it in game week 10. Uh, the code for that is M-I-N-L-U-D. So do make sure you get involved in that before we close it off in a couple of weeks. On today's pod, as I mentioned, we're going to flip the script. I'm on a wild card, So Tom is going to interview me this time to see whether or not I can survive an interrogation on some X versus Y situations, linking in a few questions with the non-wildcarders as well, of course. Um, obviously, there's a lot to discuss whether you're on a wildcard or not anyway. And we're also going to catch up with the bold claims and the listener questions and, of course, run in through our teams uh, ahead of game week eight. We're recording on the 2nd of October. I had to quickly check the date there. I wasn't completely confident. Uh, the Fulham-Chelsea game is about to start, 
but there's no Sterling in. So I'm much less excited in actually checking that out. But if you hear any sort of mumbling in the background, it's because Sterling's been subbed on and he's blocked my Saliba six-pointer on the bench. Uh, Luton Burnley tomorrow night. So we haven't got the double game week out of the way just yet. But for now, that's all the information we've got to go on. Cool, right. Uh, should we score scores it on the doors it first? And uh, starting with it. me for once this week, which is very nice. Um, so I, I'm on 61. Uh, I've got Charlie Taylor coming off the bench. He's got zero at the moment uh, because um, uh, Botman, who I signed, um, by all accounts on Saturday, it looked like he was going to be okay. He suddenly didn't show up failed late fitness tests and it seems to they seem to have found like a bigger issue with him annoyingly so already got a problem already got a move to make this week ideally you'd love to roll after a wild card but sadly it's uh, not quite transpired that way but yeah 61 is pretty good i'm uh, in the top million now um don't think of much damage tonight but maybe you know the odd chill uh, the odd uh, cold will owner the odd leno sort of thing going on like if he goes stratospheric then maybe that would knock me down into the millions but i mean we'll see um Kept Trippier, um, as mentioned on last week's um, emergency pod, kept on, built the whole thing around them and Salah and Holland, and it kind of worked out well. And to be honest, the players that I sold, Bumo, Rashford, both of them blanks, Sterling bench tonight, all looking pretty rosy. Um, I did end up going with Bowen in the end. I didn't go with Saka, and I kind of really got away with one there. Uh, Saka and Bowen matched each other, um, but obviously Saka gave away two penalties quite literally uh, to his teammates, Odegaard and Havertz. So that could have been a real mauling if I'd have got that one, um, if, if that had not happened. So thank you, Bukayo. You are still a star boy in my eyes. Diaby uh, with a pair of assists, uh, Son with the goal, uh, Gordon with the assist as well, and uh, Julian Alvarez uh, with points. Uh, Holland didn't do anything um, but I was never considering Morris uh, to bring in and he was always going to be my captain this week should should have three more points from a Salah assist I think <laughs> but um, I think yeah. we'll leave that for another day and uh, no Watkins um, I never considered him actually um, however I can afford to reverse my transfer from a few weeks ago and go back from Alvarez to Watkins um, so I'm that's one to consider for me uh, this week but yeah uh, 61 all looking good it looks like I jumped on kind of the same template that everyone else jumping on one week early um, which means that I'm able to kind of do a few more things than others are um, without the same level of compromise. Namely, I can still own Trippier and Son and Holland and uh, Salah and probably also own Watkins too, uh, whereas a lot of people won't be able to do that who are wildcarding this week due to price changes. So, yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I think I'm going to call it a qualified success um, of a wildcard. Uh, this week uh, could have done better. I know Bowen had a big chance missed and a big chance created, didn't get, didn't get converted. Salah still got an assist, I mentioned. Um, but I mean, it's 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 good, and I'm in a good place now. Hopefully, to push on uh, from here a little bit. And uh, shall we uh, skip to the sc- the sub sc- the sub story now, Sam? Uh, how how has it gone for you? I haven't actually. Yeah, seen- yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of smugness there. I feel from you there, Tom. It was very very nice from you. I'm ga- I'm glad you're happy. It hasn't been such a good game week for me. Forty points so far, and uh, yeah, I mean, through over- across the board, it was just a bit disappointing. Trippier getting the 12-pointer was probably the standout, but a lot of people had already piled in on him. So because of all of the Newcastle defensive coverage as well, didn't really get too much benefit from that. Saka in the midfield, obviously, as you mentioned, he's still a star boy to you, but I'm going to have to bin him from my side for giving away those two penalties. Very, very annoyed at that. But I can understand it from a footballing context. So fair enough. 
he's he's still okay in my book. Um, outside of that, Alvarez is the only other proper return. Um, again, a little bit frustrating to own Triple City attack and perform like that against Wolves. Mm, I don't yeah. think they ever really got out of second gear right. and they always looked a bit susceptible on the break. So that was another reason I was looking at wildcarding by the time all the games were out o- over and done with as well. The one thing that was holding me off was the fact that I've got Mbwemo and Sterling to play at that time. It was on the Sunday and the Monday. And ne- because I pressed the wildcard, bu- the wildcard button on Saturday evening, I was a little bit nervous that those two might haul and then it might make my decision look a little bit foolish. That has not happened. (laughs) So I'm actually in a way glad that it's been as much of a nightmare as it has been because it just makes me feel like I've made the right decision. Yeah. Um, I I think there were just so many other issues in my team as well. Um, Some of the bench fodder and the keepers were completely wrong. Um, Rashford needed to go. He just looks completely shot of confidence right now, even with good fixtures to come fairly soon. I don't think I'd even want him for those at the moment. And I think out of the Man United assets, I'd be more likely to want Bruno. Um, So that's another player that needed to go. City's fixtures aren't great coming up, so I don't want the triple up. Um, Yeah, I think there were a lot of moves that needed making. And by the time the games were over, 40 points so far this game week with one to play for Kabore. I don't think it's going to get much better. And a game week rank of around 6 million. Um, yeah, that wildcard button looked mighty tempting by the end of Saturday. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it looks like Sterling's got a virus, so you yeah, might yeah. you might be lucky and get a Saliba off the bench, which would make things a little bit more better. Um, mm. With uh, to take up to 46 ish. Yeah, no, I completely completely get that. So yeah, wildcard's been pressed for you, um, and uh, Saturday especially you know there's a whole kind of realm of reasons behind it that you kind of started to go into there mm. pressed on saturday night um so um i mean should, should we move on to contemplate now uh, which i Let's guess is <laughs> should we wildcard uh, now it yeah. looks like many youtubers and podcasts are saying yes including young samuel over there um, <laughs> and on the screen if you watch on youtube is sam's team at the moment um so i mean crystallized some reasons you said there's the bench was a bit rubbish there are a few players you didn't want did not look of anymore um i mean some people are still holding on though to the same team yeah you know i saw um a few people saying you know well united's fixtures are still good so uh bruno and rashford are um you know trusted assets who have earned trust over a long, a long period of time something me and nick were talking about a few a few weeks ago actually uh, why did that not kind of come into thinking for you or why did you dismiss that, I guess, and kind of decide to wildcard? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely did come into my thinking and uh, I was back and forth with you during that evening quite a bit over whether I was being maybe slightly reactionary or not um, over what has just immediately happened in front of me. And sometimes it can be a bit of a, a visceral a visceral thing, hitting that wild, wildcard button. And I think at that time I was tempted even at about 5.30 after the 3 p.m.s, I was like, I'm just going to do it and, and get it get this lot out of my side. I did sit down after that, even during the Liverpool-Tottenham game, as, a, as entertaining as it was, I was mainly sat in front of a computer with a spreadsheet open, like, does this actually make sense? Is the data matching up to what I'm seeing with, with my own eyes? And I think in the end, I think I hit the wildcard button actually probably later later than I remembered I think it was actually probably just before I went to bed at about yeah. quarter to midnight or something because I was like 
tossing and turning in bed like I couldn't get to sleep and I was because it was just on my mind that I had the gut feeling I needed to wildcard and the decision that I ended up with is that I want to be targeting the players that are in the teams that look like they're actually hitting form at the moment they're actually they're supplying good underlying data but the the players within those teams specifically hopefully in my draft are the ones that are gaining the lion's share of those chances in the high performing teams right now and i think it matched up really well with the fixture swings to come in an ideal world i think i would have waited until game week 10 i had it in my mind before um yeah. game week eight that i'd probably use the use the fixture swings in 10 to really manufacture a a proper change in my team but looking ahead Aston Villa's fixtures are good from pretty much now Tottenham's are obviously great in the immediate term Salah was a player that I could have waited until nine or ten but I think that Brighton game is fantastic in game week eight as well so happy to jump early on him and he was a key trigger in wildcarding at this point as well in terms of the players that you could hold on to, uh, I, there's nothing against really holding on to the Man United players. A couple of extra good game weeks to come still. And I think Man City are always going to be decent to hold. But I still had Embuemo. I still had Sterling. I had a lot of issues in and around like the edge pieces of my team. And overall, I looked at it and thought this will take more than a minus four and minus eight for me to even consider myself in with an opportunity of getting a green next week and the team that I'm wildcarding to is very similar a lot a bit like what you said last week the team that I'm probably going to be wildcarding to looks quite similar to the one that I ideally be going after in game week nine or game week 10 anyway so yeah I think with all of those those factors coming into it really it comes down to one thing and that was enjoyment and I wasn't enjoying looking at my side whatsoever and I already like the look of this side a lot more with the fixtures to come. Makes sense. I mean, if you said that you were kind of, I guess you needed resolution before you could relax and go to sleep. Um, yeah. Do you think that, that would, that's important, especially if people were still kind of sat there unsure about wildcarding? Um, I mean, for me, it was just, it was kind of gut as well, where I just kind of felt like, yeah, I just, I'm just, I've convinced myself now uh, there's nothing really I'm holding on to. What would you say to people who are still trying to decide whether it's worth going or not, especially, I mean, did your rank come into consideration as well? I think rank definitely does come into consideration. It probably shouldn't as much as I would let it come into consideration, but it is a factor. At some point, you're going to have to admit that you are chasing a little bit. And now I'm sub two million. Um, It did dawn on me that the gap is widening. And if and I'm and I'm three or four moves behind any forming template at the moment anyway, or what I would consider to be the correct template that I want to be on. And I couldn't get there without a wild card. Salah is very much a part of that template for me. Son is, Madison is, Watkins probably, or at least Aston Villa attack probably is for me as well. So that's already four or five moves that I needed to make. And and then shifting around the edge pieces as well added up to, I think it's 12 changes on my wild card. So if I had any advice for someone who's looking at pressing that button at the moment, it's still definitely not too late. You'll still get some price rises out of it. But have a look at what a wild card side would look like this week. Figure out 
or you probably already have in the back of your mind what your original plan for when you were going to wildcard was anyway. How different is that wildcard in that week that you planned to what it is now? And I'm kind of assuming it would be game week nine or game week 10 because that seemed quite popular. And then if it was much later on around game week 18, 19, around the blanks, have a think about how far behind you're going to be if you hold off that wild card until that point, are there players that you just simply can't get to, like a Salah, without a wild card or without serious issues cropping up in your team elsewhere? Can you just sort it all out now and then use the next 10 game weeks to to get up to game week 18 anyway? I think I I don't think there's ever like a correct, like definitive answer on whether you should wild card or not. Gut comes into it kind of your temperament and how you're enjoying the game comes into it as well. But fundamentally, if you're looking at your team and all you're seeing is just a just bad vibes all around, then I think that is your decision made in your gut for you. And that's when to hit the button for me. Yeah, certainly makes sense. Same for me. Same for me last week. And yeah, same, same justification really. Mm. Um, it's always horses for courses, isn't it? So let's let's uh, talk through your wild card then. Um, you've mm-hmm. obviously gone for the cheap goalkeepers, uh, Ariola and Turner. Um, very uh, shaky performance, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, from Mr. Turner this weekend. So whether he actually does uh, retain his place or Vlakadimos comes in is going to be one to behold. I think we'll probably both be starting him this week, I'd imagine. Um, just to say, you know, um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, at the back, you've got um, Cash, uh, who's uh, obviously uh, a lot of the people are steaming in now on Matt mm. Cash. I think he's uh, gone up, so he's not point, 4.9 now. Uh, Kenny yeah. Manadoggy, of course. Um, my man, Charlie Taylor, 3.9 placeholder. <laughs> and you've got Byrne and Botman as uh, uh, two uh, cheapies. So you basically decimated the defence entirely. It's yeah. no interest. Uh, I guess you've got to sell Trippier in order to afford the rest. So the rest is Salah, Son, Madison, Ward Prowse, Diaby, and then Watkins and Holland flanks by Archer up top. Mm. I mean, who were your key targets here? And I guess Trippier seems to have been the one who sacrificed over Watkins. So I imagine if you go for Alvarez, then you can for Trippier, right? Yeah. So the key targets were the, of the ones that I didn't already have were Salah, Son, and a Villa attacker. Um, I think at the moment I'd slightly prioritise Watkins over Diaby, but it's definitely debatable. The fact that the value is there in DRB as well, 6.7, much easier to get to. Um, but knowing that I can now have Salah and Son in my team fills me with a lot of comfort. The sacrifice, as you mentioned, is Trippier. I think he is a really good player to have on, on the wild card this week. I would love to be able to keep him in. And full disclosure, this is just... Um, playing around with the prices. I haven't actually sold Trippier yet, so I've still got the value tied up in him because I'm not certain that I'm going to sell him yet. Until I'm certain, I'm not going to press that button on Trippier. I think I think the key with most wildcards this week, and I have seen a few examples with all of them, but most of them, if you're going to create balance, has at least one of Trippier, Madison or Watkins being sacrificed. There will be different debates over which one is the most, like the easiest to sacrifice. But in my team, I think Trippier is the one that I'd be most willing to bet against, knowing that I can still have a Newcastle defender to cover off the clean sheet. And then you're just hoping that Trippier doesn't go crazy on on the attacking returns in what is a middling fixture run from this point forward, I would say. I think we've had the best fixtures. And from this point onwards, 
I think clean sheets are probably there and Newcastle will still tick over, but I don't really want to commit so much money to my defence on, on a Trippier if I'm not fully confident that it's going to be consistent clean sheets. Whereas with Watkins, I think the, the fixture run is just absolutely unbelievable. And Madison, especially with the next two, and then he becomes that enabler to get to Saka more easily in game week 10. I think those are the, those are two more important players for me to have on my wildcard right now. Whereas Trippier, I think, I hate using the word cover, but I think I can probably cover him off a little bit better with the downgrade to Burn. And then Botman obviously has just sat on my bench for the time being. And Botman could pretty much be any 4.5 to 4.7 million defender at this point. I'm not fully convinced that Botman will stay there. Um, but for what it's worth, I think he'll be fit in game week nine. He'll just miss out in game week eight. I think the uh, Botman being injured has really kind of opened it up again a little bit, just because it felt like we were due a long period of double Newcastle defence being necessary to make points yeah. uh, to, to, to have any sense of gain uh, out of uh, the Newcastle clean sheets. But now I think with Botman and the emergence of cash, you probably are going to be okay with just one. So I can kind of understand going with Burn. And you've also got the fact that Trippier, yes, he's, he's uh, 33 years old. Um, I know he's going to still keep playing probably for the time being, but there may be times when he does kind of um, get dropped out. But I mean, the, the data for Trippier is still there. Um, mm. He's uh, fourth overall, um, joint fourth with Moussa Diaby actually for um, expected assists this year, and he's slightly overperforming, of course, with four assists from that two point five. But yeah, you know what he, you know what he can do, and he he's, he can assist from anything. I mean, tackle, we've got a tackle assist this week, yeah. for example. And um, so you know, it's, it's, it's always there for you, really, isn't it? But no, I think it's um, you can't really fault the defense too far. I, I think Trippier is the best asset in the game at the moment in terms of the defense. That's why I kind of wanted to keep him for myself um but i mean are you fairly confident then that you know the defenders and going cheap in the defense is, is going to be the way forward for the time being so you know uh, you could have i guess there's always um always gabriel for arsenal isn't there a uh, city mm. defense may be out of the picture for the time being just the rotation there um, yeah. and trent and robertson i mean those are players that could well emerge coming up soon i mean i know that we said that you know, it's, it's probably not the fixture this week for a liverpool defensive asset with brighton but after that you've got everton Notts forest luton brentford man city mayor and then fulham sheffield united crystal palace so maybe there'll be chances for a, both defensive returns and attacking returns there i mean are, are you concerned that you that you've kind of cut basically cut off that route now um to to getting a premium defender as it were because i've got that route with trippier Hmm. Little bit concerned. I I guess with Liverpool in particular, I, I just don't think that they're ever going to be a priority in defence. And that this might look silly in a few weeks' time, but I they don't fill me, they never fill me with loads of confidence defensively. I always feel like they're very close to conceding. Allison gets them out of jail a lot, and that's that they will keep more clean sheets than you'd expect the average team to because of Allison as well. But I think for the money. I would prefer to use that money elsewhere in attack. And worst comes to worst, it's a, a, a double transfer, taking some money out of the midfield or up front in, in Watkins and moving it back. I, obviously, it's easier if you've got Trippier and you can, you can get across to Robbo with one move. Trent, though, I think even if you've got Trippier... I don't I don't really know too many times where anyone's got more than 1.5 in the bank at the moment. No, so no. Well, I, I think it'd be Robbo, wouldn't it, now. that you go to, yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, I guess you you need one point two, one point three to get to Trent at the moment from Trippier, but I think it's more likely that you're going to want that money in the forward line or in the midfield. Um, so I'm get I'm I'm fairly comfortable taking a bet against that for the time being. It might look foolish in a couple of weeks, um, and we know how quickly the landscape can change. But one thing that has been pretty consistent so far this season is the midfielders look to be the, the place where I want as much value as possible. And sure. what this gives me is options and manoeuvrability in that midfield to hop on the latest the latest thing, the latest fixtures, um, Saka, Mitoma and Game Week 10 um, as well are high in mind. Um, and Trent, Trent would be a good differential, I think. I, two years ago, you'd never think that that would be a sentence anyone would say, but... Um, there's upside there. I just don't think he'll ever become like a template pick at, at his price point. No, no, I think we've um, we've covered that certainly, but he's just probably been priced out, um, which is something that we didn't really anticipate at the start of the season. We're all applauding zero. So yeah, turning to midfield, I mean, Salah, Son, you can't really argue with those. Uh, Madison, Ward-Prowse, Diaby, um, I suppose, mm. I mean, my equivalents there are um, Bowen, Bowen and Gordon. Um, I also have the RB. I mean, happy with, uh, I guess, Madison makes a lot of sense. Ward Prowse, is that sort of one you've got to throw in just to kind of make it all kind of fit together? Um, fairly certain on that. Yeah, a bit. A bit. Yeah, it, that fifth midfielder spot is giving me a lot of grief at the moment. And, and actually the fourth, fifth combo is giving me a bit of grief in general because I think what's really important with the game week eight wildcard draft, because I've gone two weeks early, I don't want to just cut my nose off despite my face and remove the option of getting back to Saka for that Sheffield United home game in game week 10. Same with Brighton as well. They come into a great fixture run around there. And this this draft has 0.3 in the bank. And I don't think I'm even that comfortable with just having that. I think I want to have either the, the money in the bank or the players that I can easily swap to get to a Saka or a Matoma if I need to in game week in game week 10. So in this draft, with the 0.3 in the bank, I would probably have to be either downgrading Ward-Prowse significantly to probably an Anthony Gordon around game week 10 so I could afford Madison to Saka, or I remove Son which doesn't sit quite right with me, but it might have, like if I went with Diaby and Ward-Prowse in the middle, I probably would have to remove Son um, unless I was willing of willing to get rid of Ward-Prowse before he hits the good fixtures in and around game week 10 as well, which seems a little bit um, counterintuitive. The other, the other draft I do like the look of with the fourth and mid fifth midfielders different would be Bowen and Neto. That would be Gordon if he wasn't suspended. And I've tried to play around with a way of hiding him on my bench for a week. But because Botman is currently the other 4.7, I can't really do that unless I go for like an Anderson, maybe. Um, don't really have the spare money for for a share. So Gordon becomes a bit unobtainable. Neto, I don't mind, but he doesn't fill me with confidence. He's not, an, he, not historically explosive pick. And Wolves are a middling Premier League team at, at best, really. And I I really don't want to be stuck with Neto for several game weeks if he finishes his hot streak fairly imminently, which could happen. And then I've got a bit of a problem at 5.6 million. So this one gives me a bit of 
flexibility in the fourth and fifth spots, but it does give me a bit of grief around game week 10. Out, out of Warprowse, Diaby and, and Neto, Bowen, where would you lie on that combo? I'd actually like Bowen and Bowen and Neto actually, yeah, because um, you've got Watkins. I think that you're okay without. I mean, I'm I'm likely to probably this week. Spoilers for later. Uh, be very tempted to buy, to have the triple up as well, but I think you'd probably be all right with Watkins, um, yeah, and Cash. Um, I I quite I, Neto's ticking over okay. Um, it's like clear sort of talisman theory stuff, even though the fixtures haven't been fantastic. Um, he still returned, so he's got an assist against Liverpool, um, <clears throat> got an assist against Man City as well for the Diaz own goal. Um, I, I don't, I really don't mind him. I think he looks pretty decent um, at the moment at, at that price point. Um, if you didn't have Botman, if you got rid of him, shipped him up somebody else, and you could hide Gordon on your bench for a week. I mean, you you probably need to play someone that would be a bit icky, um, but it is mm. doable. Um, and Bowen, um, I <laughs> he is the player. I was saying last week I had this sort of grand plan of selling him off um, this week um, for, for Madison uh, due to Botman being injured. I, I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. But I was surprised to see Bowen was actually fifth uh, for non-pen XG this season uh, thus far. He's very good in the very pretty decent in the game actually as well. Um, should have a big chance missed and a big chance created as well. Um, looks to have really stepped up again um, this year. Yeah, uh, obviously he does have um, you know, the pedigree as well uh, to be trusted. Does have a two hundred point two hundred uh, point finish under his belt a couple of years back. Um, and very decent. Um, especially kind of when you reach that sort of yeah game week ten sort of threshold. And plus it gives you a, kind of a bit more of a. A bit more flexibility, I suppose, um, because you've got that kind of price point covered. If you're assuming you're yeah. not getting rid of Son and Madison anytime soon, you've kind of got kind of the, the five-ish price point covered. So if you want, if Gordon does become like, yeah, okay, you need to own this guy. He's just on fire. Barnes doesn't come back anytime soon. He's just going to play, 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 and he's just getting points every week. Then you you can get there from Neto. As I said, you can even cover him if you can find a way that you that you're all satisfactorily. So you could play Archer this week, for example, and just hide Gordon on your bench. I mean that that's a possibility. Um, and then yeah. you've got the Bowen price point covered as well for a seven-ish uh, player who took to come in as well. Um, so I mean, there's yeah, there's there's loads of ways to to, to skin this particular cat, but I prefer to have both of those. But it sounds a bit antiquated and old school, but I would still prefer to have those two sort of put. Uh, price points covered in the midfield. It certainly makes a lot of sense, though. I, I do like, um, for example, um, Diaby. Diaby in the top ten uh, for XGI again this season, um, which is which is really decent at that price point. And we said at the start of the season, didn't we, that he was going to uh, be one who's very exciting. And he and Watkins have been combining pretty well. Um, obviously, yellow flagged at the moment, but it sounds like that was just cramp. And that Ward Prowse, he's actually 23rd for XGI this year. Um, so he's, he's not, even though he's, he's looked very good this this year, he, this week, sorry, he got one of those lesser seen one bonus point without actually returning um, things. So doing a lot of things well. Um, it's just not, I mean, it's, 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 that's fairly, it's, it's decent-ish. Um, but I still prefer Bowen, who's looking like he's got the data behind him, the goal-scoring talisman, um, rather than Ward Prowse at the moment. I'd be happy to kind of just, use Watkins um and just go Neto for just for team structure reasons really uh, or Gordon indeed and um, just for team structure reasons so I mean it, up to you um but I kind of prefer that and yeah Son, Salah, Madison I don't mind at all I'm going to probably be without Madison this week it's because again I've got other fish to fry <laughs> so there you go um yeah that's good and uh, finally up front Holland, Watkins and Archer um mm-hmm. Watkins obviously a source of great 
disappointment. <laughs> we both sold him for Alvarez two weeks ago. Alvarez has got a one-pointer, and this week, admittedly, he did get an eight-pointer, a free bonus after getting the other cards. But Watkins has gone on to score and got, this week, obviously, the mega haul. Um, and it's one of those where, yes, we probably should have persevered a little bit uh, with, with Ollie. It was just, it's just it's so strange that he went from being kind of... Uh, what was referred to as a decoy elsewhere mm. to, to be in the main man. Um, if you did look at the XG uh, for the Brighton game, uh, Brighton actually did XG them. And it, 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 was, it was obviously a bit of a, a scorcher uh, for Watkins, really, uh, on a lot of fronts. But still, um, yeah, it, at that price point, there's a great kind of um, sense of certainty about him um, being um, you know, consistent. And with the next kind of, I think it's up until the start of December. Uh, the fixture's looking very good. Um, I'm I'm very keen to probably get him in, even if it is an awkward Alvarez reversal that I may have mm. to do because he's a streaky bastard, basically. And yeah. you want to be in on that as soon as he start, as soon as the confidence goes, you want to be in on that. Like I, I know, I, I know that it doesn't often show up in a lot of the expected circles, but he is third for non-pen SGI this year. So virtually, also, it's also kind of the, the data and the um, the long-term observation of him do come together, and I can see why you've got him over Alvarez. I mean, I, I said last week about Alvarez and City, and I mean, you said earlier on they have tough fixtures coming up. I'm, I'm not sure they do really. They've got Arsenal next, so we can use that as a fig leaf to sell Alvarez, which is what I'll be doing. <laughs> but then they've got Bryson, Man United, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Liverpool. Spurs. I mean, they are tough fixtures on paper, but none of them are worrying from attacking perspective. So, no, I, no. I suppose it, it kind of. Do you think it comes down to you can't have them all effectively? Yeah, I, I guess I'll put an asterisk on what I said earlier. Tougher fixtures overall, and yeah, you just can't have them all. I think there are some four, uh, three, four, three drafts I do quite like the look of with Alvarez in that third striker spot. I think. With Alvarez in particular, he's he's looked fantastic this season. He looked pretty important to the way they play. I do just fear at some point we're going to get randomly pepped. And I feel like so far I've gotten away with it. And one week I'm going to look at the team sheet and he's just going to be inexplicably benched for no apparent reason. Um, so I've ju- just got that slight paranoia with him. I don't think there's any logical reason to think that's going to happen. It's more just because I've been pepped so many times before. Whereas Watkins, like you say, there's a certainty. And as as much as we can say the City fixtures might not look at, not, might not be as bad as they might look, Alv- uh, Watkins fixtures, sorry, are definitely very good for the next six or seven. And as long as we can keep relying on him to start, which he looks much more secure to do so than Alvarez does, I think he's going to be great value for money. There's a there's a few whispers of knee jerk going around the community and X at the moment with Watkins, and I think I think it's fair after a 23 point haul to accuse people of being knee jerk on him. But this is a player that ever since Emery came in has been consistently very very good. And okay, this season. It's switched formation. They've switched formations very slightly to incorporate Diaby in a more central role than um, previous players in that system. But Watkins is still getting plenty of chances. Like you say, third on the XGI, the data, the eye test and the confidence that's clearly flowing through him after scoring two hat-tricks already this season all pair together to produce a really good value player at 8 million. And I want to have a part of that. Yep. 
Yeah, no, me, me too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm obviously going to have to wait till, to wait till Thursday, but I mean, yeah, certainly. Um, yeah. A few questions uh, for you. Uh, Joshua Biggs, he asked, uh, now Gordon's out, if you're wildcarding, who's the best cheap enabler? I suppose in, in the setup you've got on the screen, you've got Warprouse and DRB sort of both covering it, but we both sort of just mentioned then the Bowen Neto slash Gordon thing. Um, yeah. If you did go with the Bowen setup, would you be kind of, thinking about what i said about parking gordon on the bench and just kind of playing archer or something or would you be kind of thinking yeah i'm just gonna get neto so it seems like it is those two i i don't, I don't really see a case for you know, the likes of hamer or something like that in the cheap seats at the moment i'm just yeah there's no one else really that particularly kind of catches my fancy the only one who i would potentially mention is douglas louise um just on penalties yeah. for villa and and pretty cheaply priced as well at 5.4 and um, but it just knocks you out though doesn't it it does and 0.2 more as well um for gordon um it just it just seems like that's kind of the way to go i mean what do you think would you prefer the playing net over this week or would you do you see what i'm saying about hiding gordon yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. I think it will be tough to do it. I mean, Archer could come in. I think it's Fulham away for Archer this week. So not actually a bad not a bad game to have him playing. And I think out of Neto and Gordon, if both were fit this week, there's no question which one I'd be picking. Well, both um, available this week, sorry. There's no question which one I'd be picking. It would, it would definitely be Gordon. Um, so maybe I need to have a little bit of a longer-term view on things and, and just have a look at the fact that Okay, game week eight might not be the ideal starting eleven with Archer playing, or maybe a fourth defender if I don't go with Botman. But longer term, having Gordon mm-hmm. will leave me happier for well, probably until the new year. Considering Barnes's injury looks like it's until January, um, there might be the odd benching here and there or rotation just because um, Isaac might play on the left once or twice, but I don't see that happening very often, if at all, especially with the form that Gordon's in. So yeah, I think out of all of the cheapies, even though Gordon is suspended this week, I definitely have an eye on him. Decore maybe as Mm. like an outside option is underlying data is pretty decent. Um, it's not like phenomenal, but another potential differential that you could look at. And then if you really wanted to, downgrade to a proper bench burner then you go with someone like a palestri or a chukwameka um for instance and and mm-hmm. basically burn the spot um yeah. if you're going with a proper 343 um, i mean there, there yeah. is there is one more option um, and that's uh, andreas Pereira, or i think you mm. can afford harry wilson as well they've got sheffield united this week um okay and, yeah andreas, andreas Pereira um for one week um, and then move him on to Gordon or Neto next week. I mean, or you know, just okay. leave it open. And that's another thing you could possibly do. Because um, that would be like an ultra uber differential for one week and then see what happens there. Because, I mean, if, if, if another fire did emerge, then, yeah, I mean, it's not ideal, but um, they've got Spurs and Bryson the next two. So there's, there could be some goals in that regardless. Um, but that could be one that you could throw in, you know, just chuck in for one week, see what happens. And then if you have to move, if you move them on to someone else, then, then fine, great, you've got points. Or at least if not, because, you know, Sheffield United are susceptible from set place. So, I mean, that could be another decent pickup uh, potentially. Um, but, but yeah, there, there are a few um, there are a few things there. But it sounds like Joshua is is mostly um, all about uh, all about probably trying to get Gordon in uh, potentially. We'll see what you do, Sam. In the end, and um, WGTA Nick, uh, some dude that I've never really heard of before. Um, 
have do you prioritize a strong 15 or a strong 11 um he said to me later on that he noticed that my wild card was very much about the 15 that i sacked off the bench which is completely true i've got archer taylor and cabore as my bench um at the moment <laughs> so um i mean you've got slightly more strength haven't you you've got one extra 4.5 million defender within this yeah. sort of setup is, is that sort of a conscious thing that you do want to have at least something on your bench yeah, it it seems to be something I do every time. I like having that first bench spot, especially with a fourth defender, seems to be the way I usually like to go. Just just that little bit of depth, just in case, at least as a player that I feel slightly comfortable playing that can come in. I think because because Archer is up, up front, you can pretty much use that as a, as a burnt spot anyway. That's great to have. And that's added depth to what I had with Mabama previously. But if I'm playing with a true three at the back, so Cash, Burn, a doggy, for instance, and then I have two proper burnt defenders, so Taylor and uh, a Bayer, for instance, or a Kabore, basically two players, anything other than a double game week, I'm not really happy to be playing, then all it takes is one injury or rotation to that back line. And I need to start looking at whether or not I want to make a transfer there and I can't prioritise my moves in the positions where I think there's going to be more upside this season in midfield and attack. So having that fourth defender in situ just helps me prevent panicking a little bit if something were to go awry and also can come in to cover a midfielder or, a, or an attacker getting benched as well if I absolutely need to. Um, so yeah, it is a conscious thing. I do like having that little bit of cover. Some people and some drafts I've seen with three at the back, I think you're three at the back as well at the moment, like a true three at the back. I have looked really, really good and it's impressive what you can do with that extra 0.5 or, or 1 million. Um, but I'm just quite cautious. I, I think it's just my style. I, I like having that little bit of security uh, just so I can make upside moves elsewhere and not panic so much with the back line. Cool. And finally, um, how soon will I regret buying Darwin Nunez in my wild card, says Michael Lowe. <laughs> so another player who, of course, is probably in the consideration set. Um, obviously, this week, um, probably fueled by this week, Watkins is is now the man to go to. But Nunez repeating the trick of last season. Uh, XGI on the pitch is equal to Mr. Ka uh, Mr. Erling Haaland. And non-pen XGI on the pitch, he is above Erling Haaland on a per 90 basis. So one of those players that has uh, one that you're kind of thinking of getting in, I suppose you can't really, um, because you're, it sounds like you're kind of pretty set on the three, five, two. So yeah, I, I feel like it's one you're kind of just hoping that Salah um, does the job. But I mean, is in ideal world, would you be interested in Darwin and going for a, what I assume would be a three, four, three? I think if I was wildcarding next week, I'd be very interested to have him as a one-week punt um, against Brighton as well. They they now have Gakpo out for a, a little while with an injury and Jota is obviously banned. So he looks very much in line to start this week, but just week to week, I, don't, I just have not anywhere near enough confidence right now that he's going to be in that lineup. And when there are other forwards that are around the same price point Watkins and Alvarez either side of him on the prices that I'm, I'm much more confident are going to both start and get the attack and returns that maybe not equal Darwin if Darwin's getting 90 minutes every week but because we can't guarantee that 
I think they're much safer picks. I can understand why people are going for that upside and the, the underlying data is there. So all it takes is for him to really hammer his name into that starting 11 from this point forward. But I just don't think we know that that's going to be the case at the moment. I'd always prefer to have a Watkins and then it become apparent that Darwin is just unavoidable. You've got to get him. And then I can just downgrade Watkins to Darwin eventually if I need to. Um, I think I think he's an interesting differential. He could absolutely explode, but I'd prefer to have I prefer to have Salah. And from a meta point of view, Salah is now creating more chances than he ever has done before, which is really helping him on the bonus. And in previous seasons, he was taking a lot more shots and getting a lot less chance chances created, meaning he needed usually two returns to get max bonus. Whereas now that's kind of flipped a little bit and Darwin is taking up a lot of shots, missing quite a few. And he he's probably the one that needs two plus attacking returns to really secure those bonus points. Whereas Salah is now a chance creating machine, apparently, especially if Darwin is in the side. Um, I really like the look of Salah's opportunities to get a massive haul off of maybe only one or two attacking returns. Cool. Yeah, certainly makes a lot of sense. Right. Well, I guess I, I, mean, I, I basically have this wild card, so I quite like it. And um, I guess I, I can't really see that you, you've got a few kind of little bits of tinkering to do, but it seems like kind of the, the main sort of building blocks are already there. Um, I don't really see you deviating too far, really, from a lot of this. And yeah, it looks really solid to me. Um, so hopefully you, again, get the balance and you can knock a number off your rank, basically, which is what it's all about really at this point of doing it um i think you know there's the, i think we've kind of i i i put my money where my, where my mouth is already so i'm pro template on this i can see the contemplate side of it and you said earlier on that you know you can see why people were would be kind of saying oh yeah but you know the likes of rashford and bruno have got good fixtures so it's worth persevering but it, i think that yeah it's it, it, for me i couldn't make the case to keep persevering and, and you couldn't either and um, I think yeah it's, it's difficult for me to rationalize that side of it I guess at the moment um it is really difficult I, I can see you know the value of patience but um, there's only so long you can be patient especially if, if things are eroding all around you in terms of your overall ranking of team value so yeah cool I think I I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with that uh, shall we uh, move on to bold claims or is there anything you want to add on your wild cards no, just that I'm obviously pro template. It'd be weird if I was contemplate on this one, considering <laughs> it's all about my wild card. Um, yeah, just final note: if you're not on a wild card this week, it, we're not trying to suggest you need to hit that button at all. Um, it's all very situation dependent. Obviously, it's a massive cliche, but look, at, take a look at your team, how you're set up, and if you don't think you need to wild card, I'm sure you're absolutely fine for this week. Perfect. All right, bold claims time. Yes. So last week, um, we got another score on the board. Um, yeah. sad, sadly, you're still on zero um, because you went for it was Luton to score one goal and lose both games in the double. They've obviously already won one and <laughs> scored two, um, both to our dismay because we're non-Morris owners. Um, so I was hoping that one would come true, but sadly not. Um, I went for a bit of a barn burner between Villa and Brighton with plus five goals that happened um yep. that was pretty much the only highlight of my game week seven so please <laughs> let me have this one um but yeah that was a cracking game I can't believe Villa dismantled them as comfortably as that um 
But it looks like both of those sides are very high on X fun this year. And I'm going to keep that high in mind in any fixtures that either of them play. Um, even if it's the opponent, they've got good chances to score in that game against either Villa or Brighton. So, yeah, always looking looking for them on the TV schedule now. They're both great, great value for money. And I'm on the board with two now. Uh, listeners, um, Tom, do you have something to admit? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually forgot about doing it because I was too busy finalising my own wild card on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> so... I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really sorry about that. Um, we might we may have to give you a sympathy point at some point in the season if this does actually take up. But hey, or I mean, two we'll, bold we'll, claims in one week. Yeah, maybe I think we'll, we might have to do that this week, something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's also a, a, a season bold claim of mine which is under threat. <laughs> that was that Saka, Rashford, Martinelli, and Bruno. Uh, two of them would stay in my team for at least 30 weeks of the season. We're already one week in, um, so I've got seven more weeks if I want to keep that bowl claim alive uh, to buy both Saka and the Man United midfielder back. Uh, is that going to happen? I don't know. So yeah, it just kind of shows again uh, that at the start of the season, you can you can do these sort of whimsical things, but I think anybody who's claiming to have uh, figured it all out um, is is talking nonsense. And that's mm. something to always remember when it comes to this old fantasy football game era. So, uh, bowl claims for this week. Samuel? I'm starting off. Uh, so... Because I know you love a bit of Jared Bowen, I'm going with Bowen to outscore any Newcastle defender. Uh, no, any Newcastle oh, yeah. player, sorry, not defender. Um, I guess I just had Trippier in the back of my mind there. Um, any Newcastle player in game week eight, obviously they face up against each other and I'm backing West Ham to surprise Newcastle. I think Newcastle might be a little bit knackered after their big Champions League tie. Um, obviously, it looks like Botman's out as well. Um, so it'll be Lascelles at the back, you'd think. And yep. again, you'd imagine you'd imagine there's a few tired legs there. We're not sure on uh, Callum Wilson either at this point, I don't think. So I think West Ham could take advantage. And Bowen, honestly, I'm so impressed with how he's playing at the moment. I'd love to have him on, on a wild card if I can have him. Um, yeah, I, I think he's on for another stormer of a season. And I think he could exploit a slightly... Um, changed Newcastle defence that could look a little bit leggy. So yeah. I'm going with Bowen to outscore any Newcastle player this right. week. Unfortunately, West Ham play on Thursday in the Europa League as well. Um, oh, true. Yeah. Freiburg. Um, but I, I don't know. Moyes has been rotating, like, rotating about five or six players, as such said on Planet Yeah, yeah. I don't think so we, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. Um, but yeah, no, okay. I, I, I'd love that to happen. So, <laughs> I mean, we, we, we will see. We will see. Um, and my one is uh, Brentford to win against United by two plus goals. More in hope than expectation, really. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not really a big United backer at all. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there is some kind of reasoning behind this. So one, uh, Brentford's defence has been pretty mean this year. They're fifth from bottom uh, for XG against, um, which is pretty good. Um, Man United, uh, their defence is in all sorts of disarray, honestly. Um, got the Champions League as well uh, versus Brentford not having anything in midweek, so there will be a case of potentially tired legs uh, for Man United. Um, and uh, I just, I don't know, I don't know, I just feel like uh, both these teams are uh, in a bit of a malaise at the moment. And I, the way Brentford play, um, the nasty way they play especially these sorts of away games I reckon is ripe for 
at United who aren't at the races uh, being undone and hopefully deepening the malaise further at Old Trafford, which would be you know, very sad. Anyway, um, yes, I, uh, I, uh, that's my bold claim this week. Um, more of a hope than expectation. I probably, I'm on zero, so I probably need to just start going super beige soon. After international break, I may do something like Salah to score a goal. That's <laughs> so, so funny. I was literally about to suggest that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, I'll do that if things become dire straits. Or, you know, maybe it'll just be a case of you know, how much can I go how far can i go without getting on the board and then maybe that could be another way of doing this and yes we will get listener claims off this week and i think we'll probably take two of them and um, if i remember to do it on friday which i should which i should Radio, uh questions this week. Uh, only got a few. Uh, some of them, obviously, in the wildcard stint earlier on. Uh, Nathan Jacobson starts. Um, our team's finally starting to look a bit different. At the start of the season, it seemed teams are really similar. But now it seems like there's a lot of variety seven weeks in. Well, yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think I can be... If you do go with the Bowen-Gordon setup, I think literally there's going to be one difference between us two differences oh no and um, it'll <laughs> be um, pedro poro versus doggy and then trippier versus burn and um, but i mean I, I think broadly we've definitely seen people kind of slope off in their own directions um which is obviously quite a good thing uh, for fpl um i mean you, you do you get the same sort of feeling from kind of social media yeah, so I think there's been a divergence in strategies over the last few weeks, and it looks like there's quite a lot of different patterns, especially across midfields. Um, the defense, the defenses are starting to sort of ebb and flow apart and back together again. And I think now that a lot of people are wildcarding, we'll probably see a reversion back to a tight, maybe five of six or seven options for the next couple of weeks. But again, the the further away from a popular wildcard period, the wider that template becomes as well so i think after this week we might start to see a very familiar five out of six midfielders and then the the forwards are going to be basically pick two of harland and then watkins or alvarez usually and then if you're going with the three four three you've got all of them and if you're not you've got archer so it will probably start to look a little bit frustratingly template after this game week for a little while but again with the other fixture swings to come in game week 10, the Brighton, the Arsenal, and also um, West Ham as well, their fixtures for any of us not going with West Ham now, I think there'll be a little bit of movement around game week 10 again. So yeah, it sort of ebbs and flows through the season. I think it's been an interesting few weeks with quite a lot of variance in, especially that midfield area, but it'll probably come back together again in game week eight, I'm afraid. You know, I'm going to have to admit again that I got something a bit wrong at the start of the year, um, talking nonsense, uh, which was that kind of idea that the team value didn't matter as much anymore because it does mm. now. Um, it's a case; it doesn't matter until it does, and it it does because, as I said last week on my little kind of uh, emergency pod, suddenly you know I couldn't. Uh, it was the last kind of last gasp for me to afford Trippier, Son, Salah, Holland plus Saka slash Watkins in one team um, and you know, it, now we're at a point where there, there are different kind of little compromises being made elsewhere by people and when we get to game week 10 sure as you say the team's going to be different but they're going to have to compromise in different ways depending on what the meta is then and so I think you know we, we are seeing um, uh, pricing actually does 
begin to matter a little bit, which again is kind of impacting choices that are being made. But happily, you know, there, there are some fought players who come who are coming through, which are kind of the less sort of known names as the better players seem to have kind of had a faltering start. So Mitchell Sterling, and um, since the template has been a bit shite, should we be paying more attention to the following players? Neto, Jensen, um, Douglas Louise, Awani. March, no, not March, but the other, the others, and um, they've all outscored Rashford and Fernandez this season. I think that's kind of a good observation, really, to back up that point that you know that there are always going to be options, and I, I'm in no way, shape, or form insinuating that Rashford and Fernandez are going to finish the season behind these two. I mean, that would be a, a, a miracle if if that did happen. I fully expect them both to pick up points because they're simply too good not to. Um, but we have seen that happened in the past over the likes of Hazard a drop off um, after having a really good season the, the year before and having Anis Horribilis um, so it could well be that that's the same for the United um, I really hope so um, but you know uh, we, we, we'll have to see about that but I mean if, again it's kind of one of those things that kind of helps with wildcarding or making decisions within certain moments because you're able to remove these players and free up that money and kind of try to kind of reconfigure um, either with a bit of team surgery with one free transfer and a bit of a plan or a Samsung wildcard so Makes sort of sense to me that one. Um, I suppose that kind of spills into the next question too. To so kind of thread them together a little bit, Sam, keep momentum going. Uh, FPL Sponge, uh, when selling premium assets, do you prioritise poor fixtures or poor form? So he's trying to decide who to sell between Rashford or Saka uh, to bring Son in this week. I mean, I suppose it's an easy answer for me. What about you? Sell Rashford, hundred percent. Sell Rashford. Come on. Um, no, I. Yeah, it, it is. It isn't as cut and dry as fixtures over form um but it is a it is a combination you've got to weigh, you've got to weigh up the extremities here even with the fixtures rashford hasn't looked on it at all whereas saka we know is consistently performing even without the fixtures so i think you you weigh up the importance of the fixtures in the decision making when looking at how good or bad the form is and i think in this in that specific head to head I think even with the fixtures, I wouldn't be backing Rashford right now. Um, but I mean, he could turn around and, and get a brace next week and all of a sudden it looks like a silly comment because he's a good player at the end of the day. And it just takes one little spark to get a good player back up again. But right now it just doesn't seem anywhere near happening. And Man United just in general don't look like a, a well-functioning, well-oiled team, whereas Arsenal do. And Saka often does raise his game in the bigger in the bigger matches as well so yeah i think out of those two you you keep saka and probably just cut your losses on uh, on rashford for the time mm. being and then we can reassess in a few weeks if he start if he starts looking a bit more promising then i don't think you're going to get punished in the next couple of weeks because everyone's going to be getting rid of him anyway yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that completely. Um, it's, 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 but I mean, for Rashford, again, the data's okay if she's in the top 20 uh, for a non pen SGI. It's just one of those where I look at it and just think, you know what? Um, yeah. Just trust my eyes on that one. Uh, yeah, the fixtures are there. Um, and it could well be that, you know, he scores next week and suddenly it's a remontada and we're all kind of like, oh, God, how do we get Rashford in? How do we miss this? And then the wild card's like, oh, my God, I sold Rashford. Oh, I can't believe this. If I'd have waited one more week, but. I mean, you, you can only kind of take what's in front of you and try to forecast forward that the team's not kind of working together. And as I said, I'm, I'm tipping Brentford top set United again uh, this week. So it makes a lot of sense. 
to me to go just keep Saka for the time being. I know it's a tricky fixture against Man City, but Man City miss, missing Rodri, um, it'd be interesting to see how they set up. Um, and I think that you know there's a good chance of goals in that game. It really depends how that goes, and we'll speak about that in a little bit actually. Um, mm. uh, Goops, uh, if you can't get to Salah, which Liverpool players should be considered for the upcoming run? Um, I don't know. Um, I guess you, you'd probably be wanting to wait and see what happens with Darwin, wouldn't you? Um, he's the one that kind of springs to mind for me. The defender's pretty, probably a bit too expensive. Not sure you want a Van Dijk or a Matip or there was Canate there, isn't there? And Joss the Slot has got himself um, suspended. There's Diaz, but then there's the travel back from um, the international duty over international break. So I don't know. I, I think that I want more information, really. Um, I know the international break is going to be one of those. You're not going to get that much information. You'll know, be hoping that Klopp's asked about these players, what the hell happens next. I don't know when Jota's back from injury, from, from suspension, actually. Uh, might be because it, uh, it was a double yellow, it would be just one oh, game, won't it? Yeah, okay, so we're back in game week nine. So maybe oddly, it would be he'd be the one that I would take the punt on, I think, because there's a good chance there's more of a chance that he would play, um, because of what's going on. But I mean, it's, it's very, very ropey. Um, but if uh, I can see why people are going without Salah because you were saying earlier about him being really creative, that in itself, I mean, people think, you know, what he's 12.5, am I playing paying for an arch creator? Uh, Bruno Fernandez, who costs four million more, um, and tr- could I just reconfigure everything else? But the fixture is so good that mm. you know it's it, it, it kind of it's kind of you're paying four million for the certainty that the guys the near certainty that the guy's going to play, aren't you? So mm. I, I don't know. I guess it's Darwin or Diaz or Jota, <laughs> but it's it's very difficult to know which one I go for. I, if I was pushed, I'd probably say I'll go for Jota in game week nine because he's not going to travel as far as the South American contingent. Sound about right? Yeah, that's fair. I hadn't really considered um, the international break factor. Um, I was probably going to say Luis Diaz at the moment because his um, expected data is looking really strong so far this season. Um, And obviously probably should have had even better expected data if that offside wasn't called. Anyway, um, he for me, is probably up there if you want to directly take on Salah, obviously in the same position in midfield. Um, But yeah, I just have no confidence in which two are going to accompany Salah in that front three at the moment. If if Darwin can get a run, then he's the best of the lot, especially at that price. But again, I, I need to see more from him first to know that he's going to continue starting. And yeah, I mean, Salah is more creative. That might, that might, mean that he's slightly less attacking like in terms of goal scoring threat but maybe we're wiping five ten percent off of his goal scoring and adding 30 40 percent to his creative threat so Mm. i still think he's as good if not better asset than ever right now and the only reason he's not getting captained most weeks is because harlan's in the game sure no it makes a lot of sense right let's take the next two questions as part of transfers and captains um so i guess normally we kind of try to reserve some space for what we're thinking this week, um, but probably is one for me to discuss because you've uh, had the floor for a lot of the time discussing where mm-hmm. you are. Um, Adam Free Five, who can you cover bottom replacements? That's top of mind for most people. Certainly is. I mean, I've, um, I think it's probably likely to be cash for me just because, I mean, I, I really, you know, it's one of those where I would really like to find another alternative just to see kind of what else is out there. But the answer is that there isn't really much, um, to be honest. I was considering, you know, 
maybe like Gehi at Crystal Palace or something like that. Um, but I, I just think I just kind of move with the crowd really and bring cash in um, this week. It seems kind of just one where it, there's an obvious, it's a lot of the time these aren't these, these are obvious kind of choices for a reason. I don't see that many actually clean sheets <laughs> going, coming forward. Actually, I, I, Expect, I'd expect Wolves to score against them. I'd expect West Ham to score against them over the next two, but it's that, that sort of mad attacking sort of uh, possibility with cash, which makes me think that's kind of where I'm going to go with it. Um, I've actually got a question, though. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, so, I mean, if you take the weakest link theory in your team, I could do what you said you were going to do, and I could actually park Botman on my bench, and I could, I've got enough money in the bank, so I've money in the bank for Saka. Um, I could actually start using that money and take Taylor um, or Kabore out for Botman and for um, cash instead and leave Botman. But if I sell cash for Botman, it means I can afford Watson for Alvarez, Watkins for Alvarez. So I'm pretty tempted to to go down that route. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm really tempted to do that. And so it's, mm. it's one that I'm going to have to think about a lot. But I mean, it, it seems like cash is a bit of a no-brainer for me in the situation, doesn't it? I, I really can't see anything else, any other kind of alternatives there, um, at least the ones which aren't kind of esoteric or a bit strange. Yeah, I, I think cash is probably the one for Botman right now. Um, yeah, I, I think double Newcastle defence with the fixtures ahead probably isn't a necessity as well. So parking Botman on the bench for a week to bring him back in after game week nine in the hope that he does start in game week nine, I think seems maybe overkill if you've got Trippier already with all of that upside in Trippier yeah. as well. I don't think you need the double Newcastle defence with the fixtures to come and the fact you've got Trippier. So yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be getting rid of Botman for cash. For a minus four to get Watkins for Alvarez, uh, don't know. I, I might be tempted to just hold it a week. Um, it'd be, it'd, I think it'd be unaffordable then, so it'd be not point. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not point. I've already, got, I've only got not point one, and that's likely to be not point naught by the time we get round to Friday uh, or at least Thursday night. So, yeah, I'll, I'll need to make the decision tonight. Um, not tonight on Thursday night. Um, but I, I'm. I'm pretty tempted to do it just because Watkins, as I said, is a streaky bastard. Need to see what happens with DRB um, as well. I suspect it's probably going to be all right. If not, you know, worst case scenario, I get Taylor or Kabore off my bench, which is not not great, but that's the price I've paid really for how I've set things up. But again, you know, I've been in a situation where I've got Watkins, Salah, Son, Trippier uh, uh, and Holland, of course, all in one team. So I, I think that that might be quite good. So I think I might do that. And I'm, I think I'm going to, play Turner this week as mentioned and see if he does actually um, get the Starks. I think Newcastle are likely to score against Ariola, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and the final question this week, which links into our captaincy choice. Is this the week we finally don't also captain Holland? Asked Dave. Do you still feel worried about the early game hoodoo with Spurs players? And is there another option if, if so? So I mean, I'm bust on Son at the moment. Um, I assume that would be where you go. Um, or are there any other options out there? Yeah, I, I think it is a week that you could take on Haaland. Um, Arsenal away, he could he could still haul. Let's face it, it's Haaland after all and it is Man City. But I think if there was ever a week that is presenting itself as an opportunity, now is probably the time. Son will probably get 70-ish minutes against Luton, so you could definitely look at that. And the fixture is plum for that. Um, but the other one is Salah. Away yeah. at Brighton, Brighton, as I mentioned earlier, are very high in the X-Fun. 
and they're they're not going to change the way they play against anyone. Um, and Salah, if he goes up directly against Estupinian um, down that wing, then that could be fun. Estupinian often ends up in the centre forward role for Brighton, so any pacey counter attack Salah could really profit from that. He should get ninety minutes um, as opposed to Son, who probably won't. Um, yeah, I, I I could see a lot of people ending up with Salah in the conversation. Um, Son will be very popular as well, yeah, and then there will there will be those who remain loyal to Haaland. But I think if there was ever a time to take him on, this is potentially one of the weeks that you could look at doing it. I I really like Salah and um, this week for captain. Yeah, um, I think the 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 way you're looking at it is ninety minutes for Haaland, probably almost definitely ninety for Salah, sixty minutes for Son. Um, I think 60 65 because he's carrying an injury, it seems quite clear. Um, you may <laughs> complete conspiracy theory bollocks, but you may see you know that maybe Tottenham will ham it up and uh, so he doesn't go on international duty to South Korea. Who knows? Um, but it's, it's one of those where I really like the look of Salah for this week. Um, and you know, a lot of this is so dependent on how that Arsenal City game goes because I suppose we often think of these kind of big games as games which don't elicit that many goals but oddly they do tend to be ones that you shouldn't shy away from too much yeah uh, they do tend to be games where the big players kind of step up and the do teams tend to be games um that um do elicit far more than you actually think um i it, it's actually a lot more difficult than i thought it was going to be when i first looked at it and I, I i do like obviously i do really like son uh, he's where the bus is at the moment but as a, i've got a nagging feeling about salah this week um i think it might be a really decent kind of captaincy shout just because i think that that game again is prime for goals we have seen with brighton that after a big mauling um they do tend to come back and uh, do well um uh, beating newcastle after beating west ham for example and um, so we'll see how it goes with that one but liverpool um again um create doing fairly well uh, brighton defensive data is all right and it's not great it's all it's kind of they're in the bottom half for uh, xg conceded this year for example so uh, they're not it's, it's not great and then i think it's like i saw something some, saw earlier that there's like their fifth for goals per 90 scored against them so they are giving up chances giving up goals could be one where you kind of opt for the the 90 minute man and a slightly more attacking friendly fixture than Holland. But I feel like Son is, is the obvious standout, so I don't really want to be overthinking it too much. Um, it, I think it will probably be, it's still going to be between those three. Um, I have to really think about how how risky I'm feeling, really, because I mean, it's going to be. I don't think anyone's going to. Son may reach 100% EO, maybe. Um, Holland will definitely be on over 100 EO. So either way, we're going into the game with 10 men. Um, maybe it would be the case you captain Holland because then if you don't think the Son's going to reach 100%, you at least get 11 men that week. That makes sense. Um, mm. So that could be another way you'd think about it, another way you'd sort of gamify it. Uh, but it, do it does seem like a week where you kind of want to kind of throw caution to the wind and go for it uh, with a different player um, uh, rather than um, the, the, the basic captain. But, you know, you are really going to be up against it if you go against Holland. That's always going to be a consideration for you. And I, I don't know, I, I'm not convinced that there won't be goals in that Arsenal City game. It seems a bit sort of fallacious to assume that it's going to be a game that's going to be a dry one. Arsenal have been defending well, um, but with these big games, it's almost like as you say, all bets are off. Um, so yes, it's, it's one. It's one that um, I'll need to think about over the course of this week. Um, sounds like you're uh, you're not sure either. Just son 
Yeah, I, I think at the moment it's on Son. Um, I could, I could definitely, I think I'm more tempted to captain Salah than I am Haaland as it stands. I need to really look at the data and have a look at some of the previous um, matchings between Arteta and Pep to see if there's any sort of tactical hoodoo that goes on behind the scenes there. But yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite tempted by that Salah matchup against Brighton. I, I think that could be profitable for him. Um, 60, 70 minutes of Son, I think I could bet against if, I think there's a chance he gets 80 to 90, then I'd be tempted to just leave it on him. So we'll wait to hear more from press conferences through the week. If I'm confident that he only gets 65, 70, then I might be tempted to bet against him and go with Salah. Cool. Well, there we go. Uh, lots to work through tonight. Um, but hey, I think we've done it well. I think we've done it within a, a good sort of time frame. So, yeah, all good, I think. All good. So let's uh, see where the captaincy goes and see how far you tink yourself into oblivion. Over the <laughs> it'll, it'll be a fun week. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to really get stuck in with the tinkering throughout the week. Um, but in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening to my wildcard woes this week. We were who got the assist. As always, you can find us on X at WGTA underscore FPL or myself at FPL Pricey or on Instagram or threads at WGTA.FPL. Again, I'm just FPL Pricey on there. If you enjoyed the pod today, please, if you could do one or all of the following, including giving us a follow on those socials, uh, give the pod a five-star rating if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever. And if you're watching on YouTube, it'd be really appreciated if you could leave a like and subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out on any future content. Perfect. Thanks, Sam. Uh, back next week for a pod looking at what we've learned over the opening two blocks of the season before we head on to the next international break and how we might advise ourselves in future seasons. It's some sort of time capsule pod, um, just a little idea that we had. Anyway, we hope, you enjoyed, we hope you enjoyed the pod. We hope we assisted you. Good luck to those on Wildcard. No luck to Morris Captainers. Cheers. A speak next week. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.